They say we sick with it, you better wear a mask They say we're moving towards the top, but we work like we're trash I mean these conversations happening, you shouldn't have asked We're the winners of the future, not a slave to the past You said we never ever make it, and I'm saying you lied Tune in every Monday, press play, share, and subscribe Your invoice has been processed, bring me my money, don't hide Don't play with me, I'm Kingdom and I'm Southside We Kingdom and we Southside, well not me I'm from the east side. Wait, what? <laughs> east side of Kenya. Kenya? <laughs> yeah, east side, east Africa. What's up? <laughs> um, there are gangs in Kenya, but I'm representing East Africa to the fullest. You know, Somalia, Ethiopia, for all those who are geographically challenged. That's East Africa. You know, Ethiopia, Somalia, Uganda, Tanzania. Joffrey and temperance. and temperance <laughs> reside over there. But welcome back, y'all. This is another episode of Million Dollar Conversations. Uh, it's your host, uh, or one half of your host, none other than Mr. T, a.k.a. Ice T, because we so cold, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> Oh, Patrice's face. She's like, what are you saying? Anyways, we're back with another episode. Hello. Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. The other half wants to speak. All right. And we coming in strong, long, and maybe wrong. Oh. Maybe. Maybe. You know, <laughs> I'm going to keep it a bug. This is Champagne P. Oh. <laughs> I'm totally kidding, guys. This is Master P. In your radio, in your headphones, yeah. while you at the gym, while you're at your granny them house, while you're over there at work, pretending like you're working, while you're on your way to work, while you're on your way back from work. All right. When is actually the best time to listen to podcasts for you? The best time to listen to podcasts for me has always been on the way to work. Yeah. Because it kind of sets the tone for like, man, it's going to distract me from what I'm about to endure. It's seriously self-care. The ride to work is seriously self-care. Like, it's like a, a whole situation. I be hoping for traffic sometimes. <laughs> is that weird? No, it's not weird. I, I think for me is that the past two years I've been working from home. So there is no listening podcast. So I mean, I just I roll out of bed, wash my wash my face, brush my teeth, and I go downstairs to work, which is a privilege. Yeah. I, I, it's a big privilege, and I'm blessed. I'm I'm thankful that um, God has put me in those positions. But the best time to listen to million dollar conversations is anytime, anytime, anytime. Every time and anywhere. So if you are listening to Million Dollar Conversations and you are uh, a, a million dollar conversation, uh, uh, what do they call them? What, what, what do we call our folks? Taxpayers. Taxpayer. If you are a taxpayer. <laughs> yes. Yes. I like that. If you are a taxpayer, <laughs> I need you to pay your tax today. Today. Not tomorrow. Not the day after that. But today, um, the tax that you're going to pay today is you're going to go to Apple Podcasts, where you probably listen to it if you got an iPhone um, or an Apple product. And I want you to leave a review. Uh -huh. We've been giving y'all gems. We've been giving y'all so much over the past 30-some episodes. The very least they could do is leave a review. Okay? Very least. Very least. 
if you want to go a little further than that, go follow us at Hustle Blends. And also follow us at Renown.tech. Um, and follow us at uh, both of both of our individual accounts. Slept on tweet, slept s l e p t on tweet. And for my wife at Faith Boss, the at the the <laughs> the official one, the Faith Boss T H E Faith Boss, all one word. Um, this episode is brought to you by Hustleblitz Coffee. Uh, it is a premier coffee brand that is on the way to the shelves all over. Oh no. It's going to be in uh, shelves all over the world globally. Um, if you want to get your coffee and all of your coffee needs whether it's cold brew whether you're looking for a shot collar you know if you are a shot collar all those things if you're looking for specific single origins from colombia from uh, ethiopian from kenya come holla at hustleblends you can find us at www.hustleblends.com with a z um back to where we were so um, today's episode, we just want to have fun. You, you know, Patrice going to do a little shum, 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 Oh my gosh, I've actually never heard you say that before. Tweety, what are your top three favorite bougie adult expenses that you enjoy? Um, I actually enjoy not being able to touch the item until it gets to the front door. So, let me explain. Right. I'm not trying to look for nothing. I'm not trying to, like, when Patrice be sending me on these errands, I'm in the aisle looking. You said E14, right? It's going to be right there. And I'm like, nah, like, can we just order it and it be there? If I'm looking for a specific watch, that's my thing. I have my collection. I'm like, well, this is when I get that money. This is the the kind of watch I want. So I don't want to go pick it up. I want it to be delivered at my front door. And I follow it all the way. So I look at it when it shipped off in transit at the front door. I don't care what I'm doing. If I'm at work, I know it's there. So I think for me, the the it's maybe it's a bougie experience that I'm looking that I do, which is you know I, I like when I shop for my things for it to be available at the front door, not at the store. All right, so let's talk real quick. Let's talk about the fact that a lot of things that we call bougie are really just normal expense experiences for white people. But they're but they're just things that black people have not been used to doing for so long that therefore we in our own communities call ourselves bougie because we wanting or expecting a certain experience or quality of experience um, that we may not be getting. So I would say one of my favorite, definitely with you, one of my favorite bougie experiences is Amazon, two-day shipping all day long. Like, if I can't get it in two days, do I really want it? Do I actually want it if, it if I can't get it in two days? Like, if I, the longer I wait, the less I want it. Right. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. So I guess we said experience. Okay, so uh, for me, I, I wouldn't even consider it bougie. It's become normal as far as, like, ordering things and having them right there. But, but I think an adult experience that has been great, maybe it's like, uh, hmm, I'm trying to think here. 
I can tell you this One experience that I thought I would never really get into That I was like that just ain't This just ain't that I never thought I would appreciate grocery delivery I never did because I always enjoyed Like the perusing uh, Like I'm one of them people I can't sit in the mall For too long I don't want to sit in there For hours upon hours I don't like touching stuff on racks I really don't I don't like little people's kids Running up in between the hangers And playing hide and go seek Like to me it's actually more disruptive To shop in person like I just do it if I got to sometimes But um, If I can shop online for it That's fine Now I didn't think I was going to get into like Lyft or Uber Like I always thought that was going to be super weird Like why am I getting in somebody's car Or I thought that like Uber Eats Was going to be something that I just definitely never got with And actually I only got with it for like a little while And I still feel like it's just a complete waste of money To spend $30 on a five piece from Lisa's What I don't like is the fact that There'll be some questionable individuals Who bring the food So then you're like Should I eat the food it, like, you know, usually they put a sticker, but like, let's say you get the food and like the sticker is like half open. You're like, maybe it's a mistake <laughs> or why am I missing like because 10 of my fries? <laughs> put in a position where you're so hungry, you kind of just go ahead and go in. Yeah, I think this. You can't fight it. You can't afford to fight it. You're so hungry. You're right. You're right. Um, I think I think for me, it's changed. Like when it comes to food, I'd rather go get it. And see it for myself. Tweety, we have chosen violence so many times when it comes to food. I know. We we go to Waffle House. We like Waffle House. Dang. I never, <laughs> that is not an experience I thought we would share. <laughs> but Waffle Oh yeah, but Waffle House. Let me let me tell you the grandeur of we Waffle House. Let me tell you the grandeur of Waffle House. It's like you know you anticipate that you're going to a dirty space. You have put your guard down. You know that you're going to get the tea when you get there. You're not going to leave a Waffle House without being like, whoa, that's an experience. <laughs> whether it's the service, whether it's the people around, you're going to be like, oh, wow. Like, oh, and if you go in at night, you really get an experience. Oh, yeah. That's when the truck drivers pull up. That's when, when I used to go there at like 3 in the morning. Like We would be up in there, in there, like club hours, the start of the club crowd. Go ahead. And so, like, during, like, breakfast hours, it's packed up in there, you know. So you want to go in there at the right time. But if you go in there when they're kind of closing, it's closed. You're going to see dishes everywhere. They don't close. Hey, let, let, me, let, me, let me explain Waffle to House you. Let me explain to you. Waffle House itself doesn't close, but the employees close the Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> so the employees uh, pull up on you and be like, yeah, you know. Uh, uh, we we close for the night, but it it it's supposed to be twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, uh, the dishes and we ran out of the flour. All right, I'll see y'all later, I guess. And you don't want to argue because the food's gonna be terrible if you if you continue yeah, pushing if you put, it. If you put Big Mike in a bad mood, you know because okay, this is how you spot. Here's a life hack, guys. When you go into Waffle House. If the guy who is on the grill has on them Waffle House like armbands, them, the, your food is about to taste so good. Like, the, you know what I'm talking about? Them sleeves. Oh, my God. Your food about to be so good. Like, the fact that you get premium workwear. 
to cook me food? Oh, I know you about to. You take it seriously. It's a sport. It's a sport. Uh, they know they don't play. It's a sport for real. So when when they got them our bands, they finna shoot. Oh yeah. They finna shooting you food. I mean, they be whipping them eggs up, Tweety. Yeah. They be whipping them. Eggs yeah. Up. Flicking the wrist. Yeah. <laughs> so, it'd be so wonderful. Really good. But um, a lo- for actually a little shum shum shum. That actually was not my little shum shum shum. I just really want to ask mine. you that. That was mine. Okay, so actually no, it was mine. No, no, you still in my shum shum. Right, go ahead. Go All right, so I want to know. Give me one. Terrible experience you've had while working. Just one, because uh, I found myself um, outside in the hot, scorching Texas sun at maybe seventeen or eighteen, pushing these carts. And when I tell you, I thought I was gonna die. Mm. I thought it was over. That was a life-changing moment? Oh, it was life-changing because I left. Yeah. I left the building. I left. You know how you know how they be lining up the carts and it gets so long and you, they, they trying to maneuver that thing through, <laughs> through traffic? So can you give us some tips on how to respect our carts? <laughs> you can't respect them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Always try your best to return it. I appreciate the people who at least put it on the curb. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let me get out the way of the cars. But there's some people who are just foul with it. They just throw it anywhere. And so even to this day, I always reflect on that when I go shopping. And I'm like, it's not that far. Like, if you see where some people park sometimes and you're like, it was right there. But they saw somebody else do, which is groupthink. They saw somebody else leave it. So they're like, okay, I guess I could leave it right here. Or you left the handy park thing right in front of the handicapped spot. Uh, and, you know, I actually feel like a lot of stores have gone out of their way to make sure they have a cart corral on every aisle of mm-hmm. your parking. Yeah. So is that helping the cart pushers? Where, where, what's the cart pushers union sounding like? What? It's not good. It's not good. Uh, so when I was cart pushing, I had a, I, his name was Big Mo. Big Mo. <laughs> I remember him to this day. Big Mo was this, you know, older gentleman. Uh, at that time, older to me. He was like 35. I mean, he loved the job so much because he had lost so much weight while he was car pushing. So it, he gets exercise and he gets paid. So for him, it was like a, a double-double. He didn't have to, like, like, you know, for us, it's like, I'm 17. This ain't no real money. Like, what am I doing out here? My my, my back hurt. I've turned, like, five shades of black already out here. And they only give you a certain amount of Gatorade for the whole day. They all y'all share. They gave y'all Gatorade? In that little can. All y'all got to share it. Oh, you mean the water Gatorade, the water boy Gatorade. Uh-huh. The, so it's not Gatorade, it's water. It's water with a little powder. You put the little. <laughs> oh, they put powder in there for y'all. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Did you at least get to keep your vest? <laughs> you never like kept anything cool from any of your jobs. Actually, I don't keep souvenirs. I like to throw everything away. So I've been a quitter. Uh-huh. I've been like, I gave them a last day notice. And I'm a scared to quitter. I'm a scared to quitter. You're a quitter. I'm a scared to quitter. So out of the 21 jobs I've worked. 20 of them I dipped out and I dipped out with grace with elegance and with class and I let them know I was going to bigger better things um, but the one that I got uh, well they eliminated me that's what I'm gonna call it mm-hmm. it was Kroger of all places Kroger oh my goodness Kroger was like yeah 
um, we need to talk to you in the office. I was like, okay, ma'am, I'll come to the office. They're like, yeah, your performance. I'm like, I'm working here 20 hours a week. Like, what kind of performance are y'all looking for? They just trying to save money. Yeah. And you were just the weakest link, probably. Yeah. But um, that's, that's, that's one of my experiences. What about you? Um, okay, so I have a few experiences that I just feel like... Um, I just, I just, I, I'm, I'm a little ashamed of. One, when I was in college, all right, my my um, major at that time was social work. So I had this whole thing of like, I just want to help the community, which I still do. All right, so I got this job as a gang intervention specialist. <laughs> yes, for a good solid ten dollars an hour, twenty twenty hours a week. All right, working from the beautiful. Ripe hours of like 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. In one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in the city. All right. Me devoted to the, the, the good, the goodness of the people. All right. So I was the bus driver. Patrice, she was the bus driver. I was the bus driver. I was all up in the Boys and Girls Club bus with it, all right? Because I'm like, why can't these people walk here? You know, I'm asking all these extra questions. Like, that's not a part of the program, Patrice. Like, you got to go get them in the bus. So I'm going to pick up people's kids and them, all right? We got, uh, you know, like Shay Shay getting on the bus with, you know, her, her, her two-year-old daughter and coming up to the Boys and Girls Club because the whole thing about it was, like, it's keeping people off the street. It's keeping people out of trouble long story short all right i had been in like way too many situations at this point like i worked there for maybe two three months and like it was too much going on like people who had just got out of prison was fighting in in the gym over basketball and i'm like oh my gosh what makes men fight what does make men fight during basketball fouling and like trash talking i think it's pent-up aggression well, anyway, they was about to fight, fight, and they was like, man, I got mine, too. And I, I, that's all I had to hear. I got mine, too. And I was like, you know what? I'm leaving. I can't do this. So one day, I was getting ready to go to work. I didn't leave that day, but I was like, that was like my first warning shot. <laughs> you know? <laughs> got it. Got get it? Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. And I was getting ready for work one day, and I was over at Tweety's house. Um, over his parents' house, and I was talking to them about like what I was enduring. <laughs> All right, and I I was really trying to look for like a silver lining to stay, but I'm not gonna even cap with y'all. I was really looking for a reason to go, and so. Have y'all ever did that? Like, can you admit you've ever done that before? Like, you've shared a situation. You're like, look, I think I should go, but I think I need extra help in knowing why I should go. Not me. Not you. I, when I made up, my Tweety mind. knew his worth. I did not at this time. All right, Tweety knew his worth, and Tweety was a bad, uh, a bad. You know what? He's a bad chick for that. All right, but me on the other hand, I explained it. Tweety's brother, shout out to Hastings, was like Patrice, give the leave now, because they don't give you a two week notice when you about, when they about to get rid of you. And that has stuck with me since that time. That was probably about five or six years ago. So shout out to my brother-in-law Hastings for just giving us that that good word. Then he did not know was all the way prophetic. Yeah. Um, my last one was I was in Bryan, Texas, and I was looking for a college job, and I was on Craigslist. And I found this job where blessings flow. Yes, where blessings flow. <laughs> and I found this job that. Um, it was for carpet cleaning, um, blotting our carpet and stuff. And we got on a bus. And I, when I said, Oh, I, they came and picked you up? No, I paid for it. 
We got on a bus Wait, to what? go. Was it a life of luxury experience? No, Patrice. It's a a bus. It was like one of them buses that goes to Mexico. Like it had like the <laughs> the stops <laughs> like printed out, and one of the stops was Mexico. I was like, oh man, like either I'm finna get sold. I don't know what's finna happen. Mm. It takes us to the edge of Bryan, Texas, and um, we end up in this little warehouse. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what we. I don't know whether we're doing legal work or illegal work, but I'm here. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, they told me write my name on the paper. I'm like, okay. They're like, yeah. At 8 p.m. you get cash. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bet. Then we get in and there's like carpet laid out everywhere mm-hmm. and water and soap. I'm talking about like Dawn dish soap, dish soap. I mean. It's a dish soap. Uh, it's like Don this dish, uh, dish soap laid out, and I'm just pouring it on the carpet. They got like this little stones that you used to scrub off the carpet, mm-hmm. and I'm like, the first hour, I'm like, oh, this easy. It's like playing football. When I tell you, when it got to the second hour, I dropped my little soap. Uh, I dropped my little stone thing, and I dipped. Yeah, I was outside waiting for the next bus. Mm -hmm. Terrible. No, look. Life changing. Life changing. I don't. That's why I don't. I don't do. I can't do physical labor like that. That's just not me. So shout out to Craigslist from where all blessings flow. All right, y'all. Let's go ahead and get into our faith conversation. So a call came through this week. All right. And there was a question that was asked for us to answer on this here podcast about why people in our age group are leaving the church. Why are millennials leaving the church? That's a very good question. And actually, I would like to debate that millennials, millennials are not leaving the church at the same pace that people actually are thinking. I think we're actually getting a really large influx of million millennials coming back to the church. Yeah. Um, because of one, all the events that are going on, like it's hard to say there's no God when everything that is happening around us is pointing back to that. There is surely a God who's yet still on the throne, who's yet still powerful. Um, but just to answer why people may think that, I think that we are millennials are the generation where um, there's a lot of uh, theories, a lot of free thinking, a lot of like, you know, Jesus was black. There was no J was no J in the word It's like, well, you know, when you study it, you're right in the Hebrew terminology. There is no J in their, you know, alphabet, but there is a Y, and it's, that's Yeshua, which is the same thing if you translate it back to English, but that's neither here or there, um, but the millennials are really struggling to find their place in the church, so, for example, Lecrae had a, um, he had an album called Church Clothes, and he's not a millennial, he's a little bit older, I think he's, I don't know what they call him, the people who were born in the 80s. I don't know what uh, they call them. Some of them are millennials. Some, but he's out of that. He's like late Let 80s. Let because I want to be politically correct, but you keep going. I'll, I'll, I'll Please verify. Verify if Lecrae is a millennial. Um, but I believe he's out of that range of millennial. But anyways, um, uh, he had an album called Church Closing that came out. And it was like, well, how do we dress when we go to church? Um, in the past, you suited up, you booted up, you know, you got to come correct because you come into the throne of the Lord. 
you got to come correct or don't come at all. You know, the, the ushers will look at you and be like, look, you got to dress with the gloves on, just like me. Uh, <laughs> and I come from a church where, you know, when I was growing up, if you ain't got no suit on, you didn't come correct. You got jeans on, everybody looking at you. That's what I come from. I have the Roach Report. Lecrae is 41 years old. That makes him Generation X. Millennials start from 1981 to 1996. Thank you. I figure. I figure he was out of the range, and I think he's, you know, he's. By year. He's he's aged well. You know, 41, that's fine. You know, still young. But um, I, I figured that he was definitely somewhere outside the range, but still makes sense. To, you know, why he wrote what he wrote, because as you know, as younger people, a suit may not be in your um, in your wardrobe, you know, but I do see the value of it. So back to even millennials, like feeling wanted in the church, having having um, having a, a, a having a, a well balanced understanding of God and still feeling like you're not being treated as a child. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, the older generation would have a way of um, really looking at you as a child and not as an adult. Mm. So it kind of caused you to be like, what is my place in the church if when I go there, I don't see a lot of me? And when I'm there, I'm being treated as such. Yeah, I'm part of the youth department. I'm part of the youth department. (laughs) You're like, well, I am... 26 26 27 like why yeah. <laughs> why are we still talk i mean i'm young but like i'm not 18 i'm not going through 18 yeah. year old problems why am i being put in that same category um because that's like a 10 year difference mm-hmm. um but i feel like the only way to bring back an understanding is to have those millennials to now be in leadership roles to kind of see that you know it's, it's possible to still um, lead and be young. It's possible to still know the word and still not be corny. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, not to say that the older generation had corny things, but like it, it was their way. It's how they did certain things. And like nowadays, like, you know, we do things a little differently, mm-hmm. but we still serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's how we dress, whether it's how we talk about God, whether it's how we have our own, like, you know, social media presence about, you know, this is how we spread the gospel as well. You know, our evangelist movement is way different than going outside and doing what other people are doing. You can sit at your home and be an evangelist, you know, because I see a lot of them all over TikTok, all over Instagram. Like the broader reach is here when it comes to Jonathan. Hey man, calm down on Happy my guy. Days. My guy, he's getting hustle points. He's getting hustle points. Hey, make sure it's cold brew. Thank you. All right, my bad, y'all. Uh, we had to we had to get some straightening on that. But is is Beatrice here? Beatrice is not here. I told you that Beatrice took an assistant manager position at Ross, <laughs> <laughs> and that is where she will remain. <laughs> I told you but I think that's that's my. Um, that's my understanding of how I see it because I feel like we are millennials. No, we are. We are definitely millennials. Um, so I would say this. I believe that there's a there's two different reasons why millennials um, may not feel um, that being in the physical church necessarily is, is going to do it for them. Maybe one. I believe that a lot of millennials um I be, I, and I'm going to speak about younger millennials, so 90s babies more so. 
probably came from an era where their parents went to church a lot of times or didn't go to church a lot of times, but maybe there was like a family member who always went and maybe they felt like they saw that family member or parent go to church and, you know, be of the church and do all of these things. But then they came home and they was a completely different person. That's the story I hear a lot of times. That's what I hear from people. People always say, you know, like, yeah, you know, my mama was always at church. She was up there six days out of the week, you know, um, six and a half days, maybe, you know, she did all this. She did all this. She really served God. She treated it like it was a job. But then she came home and she didn't have nothing to give me or she came home and she was mean or she treated people like this outside of church. Um, and that made me feel like this about people at church. And I think millennials have it confused a lot of times about the church building and the church that God has called us to. You know, I think that people have it confused between church people and the people of, you know, people who are a part of the body. You know, I think um, I remember very early on. So our church, I have not been a part of a church, church, church until I was an adult. Like when I was younger, like I would go to church here and there, Easter, Christmas, Mother's Day type of situation, get your Easter dress, make sure you fluff your socks, all that good stuff. Um, And then I would go there and I experienced, you know, a lot of the same things that I just talked about. Um, And then now when I joined church, I was like, okay, I'm joining as an adult. I had a different perspective, everything. So I can't really speak from the whole, like I was brought up in church. I know all of these old 100s. I know this and that. I know what, what to do for Easter speech apparently like the crowd goes wild for easter speeches like i didn't i didn't know how to do none of that um and so when i came in out it was from an adult lens i i think what i do love about um the challenge of having um having to deal with like how do we appeal to millennials Mm -hmm. is that one, you have to speak to them. Yeah. <laughs> One, you have to know what the what what the pain points are, what where they are, even in their walk in their faith. Because sometimes people assume that you don't know the word. Right. Like right. based off of your age, people assume that you haven't studied enough. Right. Like so, I've been approaching like, "Well, did you know about it?" I'm like, "Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like the the, the people uh, associate." the experience with the Lord over the years Mm. to be more uh, powerful and potent over, you know, your, your new experience or your new understanding Mm -hmm. of the gospel. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's not how God views it. Mm -hmm. God deposits to whoever, whoever babies out here. Right. Yeah. So, um, what I've always faced, you know, as growing up or like, I remember my old church, I used to, help teach mm-hmm. like you know the the young adults who are not young adults but anyways that's neither here or there but uh i used to help teach the class and in the in those classes like oh man you have such great wisdom and such knowledge of the word for a young person yeah yeah you have such yeah. great um understanding and and, and you you're, you're so great at teaching for to be so young, to be so young. Yep. I can't wait to see how it's going to look when you get older. Yeah. May God bless you. You may have a seat now. I'm going to teach better than what you just taught. And it was yeah. like, it's not a competition. It's not. It's just the word. Did the word go out? <laughs> Did the word go forth? Right. So Did somebody here. I've, I've always faced that challenge of like my age being um, 
by age being the determining factor of whether it's potent, whether it's the word word. Whether it's oily. Yeah, whether it's oily. Yeah. The word. Yeah. Whether it's the word. Mm. Not the word, mm-hmm. the word. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of deters a lot of those young Christians, those young millennials who, uh, and even younger, mm-hmm. um, who are coming into the knowledge of who God is. Because see, and, millennials will give you a chance, but Gen Z don't care about nothing. Right. <laughs> At all. At all. I have students who are like, nah, forget that. Like, you know, at least the kid when we were in high school who didn't go to church or didn't understand God would be like, well, bro, I just don't go. We got kids now who be like, I don't believe in God. Like, they'll just say it. You know, because for what? What you going to do? You know, the the reverence that they don't have for authority is on a completely different level. But I'm pretty sure that's also how um, Gen X has viewed us as well. So just to wrap it up, I, I think it all comes back down to the... When you don't have a space for people to come in and fit in, what happens is that people feel left out. And a lot of the time, not just millennials, but when I think of the generation, you know, uh, after millennials, I don't know what they're called. Gen Z. Gen Z um, what happens is that them feeling left out almost causes them to rebel. So having a place, having an opportunity for them to serve, giving them an opportunity to learn, giving them an opportunity to grow. Um is going to be crucial because it doesn't leave them. When you deposit a word into um, anybody, I believe that that word is potent enough to come out at the right time. And sometimes we deposit the word and want to see the, the the fruit of it immediately. Well, you know, we prayed over you. We talked about it. Where is it? And, you know, I think the word isn't, didn't come alive for me until a little bit later on. So every, everything that I had learned over the years came about when I was around 20, 21, 22. But over the years, it's always been deposited. So sometimes we're like, oh, they ain't paying attention. They don't care. And so you you kind of hammering all these things into them. But, you know, in life, um, I believe that God knows how to use experience in life to to teach whoever. So I don't think the millennials are lost. The millennials are definitely not lost, but I believe that also another thing that I didn't think about is the subculture of being a millennial in church, because there's this perceived notion that, okay, are you having fun? Like, do you have to dress like that? Do you, you know, are you able to, to do this and do that? What happens? I believe it's significantly different for um, married millennials in Christ or not in Christ, but just, well, in Christ. For sure, but also like who attend church, um, it's very different for them versus the single millennials. It's very different because it's like, okay, well, at least you came with your your boo. Y'all got a family. Y'all sitting up there. Y'all real cute. You know, blah, 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 blah. All right. But then, you know, if you're a single millennial, like, and you're desiring marriage and you come to church and the pickings are slim and, you know, it's yeah, you know, it's it's little BB cousin them who came to church too, and you know he do this and he do that, and you feel like well he's in church like all the other guys I like or the, all the other girls I like they don't come to church type of thing. Um, I feel like that's also a determining factor. No 
should your marital status determine, you know, how committed you are to church or not? No, I'm not saying that. But I do believe that that is a thing for a lot of people, because at this age we're at, like people are looking to settle down, you know, find other people to kick it with. You know, they're looking for community within community, you know, and should they not find it or should they feel like, bro, like. I've had more raw conversations with my people in the world or I've had more, you know, um, thought provoking conversations with other people as opposed to sitting here in church. And maybe my church friends, we just talk about this, that and the third. Maybe we just talk about church. What am I growing? I, I feel like that that relationship building and authentic relationship building is also kind of keeping people from, you know, joining and things like that. But that's also the problem with uh that thing, that thought process is that one you have to understand you didn't come to church to have fun necessarily, or you didn't come to church to to commune alone. That is part of it. That's a benefit, you know, of community. But you came for yourself first. Yeah, of course. So I I think that sometimes people have the concept of like if there's a lot of single people and I'm single, guess what? Chances My are, husband in here, y'all. yeah. Chances are that you know I'm you, you know I'm gonna find my husband. But did you find Christ? Did you find your real husband, mm-hmm. which is Christ? Did you know like what? Where is the balance mm-hmm. in that? You know, because sometimes people join join um, churches and join different places for the wrong reasons, which is that we're always in community together. We're always in uh, uh, little pockets of friendships together, mm-hmm. but. There's also division in that because where is the word going to be potent when everybody is just, we're here for fun. Right, right. So there has to be a balance of like, if we're here, it's, there's a level of seriousness of like, let's grow together, oh, not just. Really care about your soul. Yeah, like I'd rather, I'd rather be on some like, hey, how you doing? Happy Sunday. Rather, and, and, and us really grow together than me open my eyes like, oh, like, you single? What's up? What's going on? Like, if, if that's your motto every time you go in, it's going to be hard to find Christ or why you join or why why you're in a place. Um, so I think there is a balance. You, I do see the need for, like, I, like, I did come here and I am single and I am dealing with these things, but how do I save my soul first? How do I grow in the word first? And maybe you don't have, you you know, the misconcept of having to find your husband at church is so different to me because it's like, you don't have to find them there. You might find them at the grocery store. You might find them at work and then you bring them to church. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, cause you're thinking like, well, if I find them here, that's the best person. Mm-hmm. Not always. Oh, yeah. That's a heavy misconception. Well, the, the misconception also is like, well, if you're married and you're here, well, the Lord loves both. I don't know. That's just, you know, you came in together. That 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 might be just it. Yeah. So, uh, or that there's happiness there. Yeah. That's just what people see. Um, but I believe that people say that because they've heard it from their parents or their grandparents. You want to find a good man? You want to find a good wife? Go to church. Go to church. Yeah. But where does that say that in the word of God? That's it. And I think that that's a lot of what millennials are battling with, just kind of deciphering what they've heard for all of these years 
versus what they experience and what the word of God says. You know, hey, go find a good man or woman at church. That's nowhere. In the, you know, that's nowhere, nowhere in the word or come as you are. That is nowhere in the word. You know, um, I believe that they're battling a lot of these cultural references um, that oftentimes um, if you don't study the word, take precedence over what the word actually says. But y'all. We're going to move into business right now because we're going to move into business. So we had a lot of raving reviews about um, our business conversation last week, you know, about all the all the things and everything. So um, this week I wanted us to kind of touch on just like, so you launched. What does that look like? So you launched. Was it successful? So you launched. How you feeling about it? All right. So you have just launched a brand. Okay. You got everything in motion. You got your All right. You got everything going. All right. You got your LLC going. If if that's what you need, you do not always need an LLC um, to to prove your entity. You could do an S corp. You can do um, joint partnership. You could do um, all those different things. Um, but anyway. Um, you have gotten your DBA, you have gotten your, you know, um, reselling license or your selling license. You have gotten, um, your trademark, your copywriting, your stuff. You just in the lab with you making sure that, you know, you got your checklist going, you know, ain't nobody about to steal off on you. All right. And we're going to talk more about why ain't nobody about to steal off on you. Okay. Just, just, just hold up. Just, just wait. Don't get up yet. I know you got to go to the restroom, but just, just wait, just hold what you got. All right. This is free. We're taxing on this one. Anyway. So you got your social media handles going. All right. You, you know, you, you, I mean like, who can't nobody get this. Can't nobody get this. This hot. This hot, you know what I'm saying? All right, so now you know you got your logo all up in the place to be. You got your products lined up up in your kitchen. You know what I'm saying? You got your t-shirts already pressed, laid out, folded, fried, dyed, laid to the side, put in the little wrap. You got everything on. You got your little greeting cards going. You got your all this stuff, right? Okay, listen. And now you got your website. You go on the good Facebook from where all blessings flow. <laughs> and our elder and our older generation who is not too keen, they're getting a little bit better on online shopping. But they're not, you know, they're not all the way there. All right. You put your website in there and boom. <laughs> I'm live, baby. I'm live. I'm out here. <laughs> Surprise, Shawty. I'm here. All right. You pulled Deontay. So <laughs> you might get a sale or two that day, or you might get a lot of sales. Um, because people are like, man, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like you didn't you didn't pop up out on us. You didn't you didn't create a whole album and we didn't even know you have probated on on Facebook. What has happened? All right. And then after that, you know, you expect those sales to keep coming and maybe they don't come. All right. You've launched though, right? So the reason can't nobody touch your product is because people don't know what it is or people don't know what you do or people don't know anything about what this is. Like they're happy for you. Oh my gosh, this is exciting. But I want you to take it right, take it in right now that it'll never be nearly as exciting to everybody else as it is to you. 
Your mama and them man went in there and bought five shirts because she loved her baby so much and she's so excited about what you've done. You know, your uncles and them, they may have came in there tough and been like, man, y'all see this? You know, or you could have the complete opposite reaction, which unfortunately happens a lot more often than not. And your people, people, people sit up there and won't even share your post. All right. Now, I'm 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 gonna free you from that real quick because let's talk about what launching means. All right. You got all these things in place, but how do I find your how do I find your website? If I'm a normal nobody, not a normal nobody, but if I'm just on Google search and I'm trying to find bracelets. But you sell bracelets. How do I find that? Am I supposed to just look up on your social media account? Am I supposed to just look up on, you know, what you do? Am I supposed to ask somebody to ask somebody to ask somebody? No. If this was 20 years ago, it would have been an ad in the paper letting me know that you had, you know, bracelets, that you had this and that going. Did you take in emails while you were preparing for your lunch? Or did you just pop out? We did. We just popped out. All right. And and we we've experienced both sides of this. We've experienced people being like, oh, my gosh, a disruptor coming in tough with the coffee beans. All right. We've also experienced people be like, who is y'all? All right. We've experienced both of these things. But my question to you is, how did you prepare your audience for what you got going, for what you got started? How do they know to buy? What did you tell them to buy? What did you share with them to buy? Did you sh- did you show them how to use your product? Did you educate them on what you do? Did you educate them on, on how you do it? Did you tell them the process? Did you show them the behind the scenes? Did you did you prime them and nurture them in conversation about what's going on here? Because that is what you know we do when we launch. So Tweety is going to share a little bit. What what you got going? I got I got all, the, all I got what they need. What you got? I got what they need. All right, go ahead. Um, Don't be tough on yourself. I believe that you don't know what you don't know. So we are here for, this is not straightening. When I mean I want y'all to pay keen attention to what we're saying here. If you are a business, you have launched, you're about to launch. You got your wings out. You got your airplane on the runway. You like, we finna go high, baby. You excited. But you truly don't understand how other businesses are thriving. One thing you have to get out your head, followers equating to dollars. They don't. Get it out your head. They don't. Yeah. Followers don't equate to dollars, especially when you are a brand, when you are selling a product, when you're selling a service. There's, there's, don't get the game twisted. Maybe somebody is getting paid by another brand to advertise for, you know, them. But when I talk about you are trying for people to buy your product, your services, your, 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 your items. You just trying to get somebody to click on your website. Followers don't equate to dollars. They are just there to witness what's going on. We here, we here for the hoopla. We came to see what's happening. Some popping off. All right, let's let's go back to what is the most important part of building your brand, building your business so that you can launch it correctly. The most important part is content. Mm-hmm. Your content is your foundation. If your content is incorrect, you could have the best you could have the best thing out. Mm-hmm. It got this kind of stuff. And you know, you can have all all your stuff laid out correctly, but if your content is incorrect, 
start back at step one. All right, so is content just a pretty picture or a nice graphic? No, content is something that you've strategized, something that you've created to streamline the audience. All right, so content comes in with direction and guidance. All right, content comes in with, hey, this is a nice picture, but what's up under it is really what's going to get you. All right, you see this, you know, maybe I popped out and I I got on a new sundress or whatever the thing is, but it's from my boutique and I'm selling it and all of this good stuff. And I'm telling y'all about the origin of my boutique. I'm telling you about the fabric that's on this thing and everything like that. And then that, at the very end, I have a CTA. A CTA is a call to action. I am calling my audience to go ahead and take action all right, maybe it's like, hey, go visit the website because they about to run out. Hey, visit the website because these are 50% off right now. Hey, if you buy two, you'll get a next one free, you know, type of thing. Like you're actually nurturing the audience. You're telling a story. You're sharing something that's relatable. You're not lying. You're giving them real, you know, real things. Like, hey, man, like, look, two two weeks ago, I couldn't fit in this outfit. How about that? <laughs> All right. Everybody has been through that. Everybody know what it feels like to not fit in some jeans anymore. But then at the very end, you're like, man, but. Since I got this on y'all And since I got y'all attention Why don't y'all go ahead and go pick this up It's that kind of thing Will it always work? No All right, But it'll work for somebody Somebody will click on your website I want you to give yourself a moment Give yourself a couple of days out of the week Where you are consistently posting your content And giving CTAs And I want you to check your analytics on um, Instagram And I want you to see How often you've gotten those website clicks How often you've gotten those link and bio clicks How often somebody has opened up your email All right, Now I don't want you to get hard on yourself If people have clicked your website And ain't nobody about nothing I don't want you to do that because this is where it starts. You're nurturing a relationship. All right. I want you to see how many accounts are following you um, or have paid attention to you that do not follow you. Because this is the thing. If you are actually being strategic on the type of content you're posting, you want the people who aren't following you to pay a lot more attention than the people who are following you. The people who are following you, I want you to ask yourself, okay, where do I know these people from? I know these people from school. I know these people from work. All right. They just kind of watching. All right. They're kind of being spectators. All right. We want the people, we want our customers who are out there. We want the net to be out there. Um, first thing, first thing you need to know is that are you posting relevant content? Are you posting consistency or are you posting consistently and are you posting with creativity? Did you just go and find what everybody else is doing and just decide to do a copy and paste? When you're posting with relevancy, that means that it's relevant to your product, it's relevant to your business, and it's relevant to the industry that you're posting it for. So you've launched, you know, the website is up, but have you asked yourself, like Patrice said, who is my audience? What is the age range for my audience? And how are they going to get to my product? If you haven't asked those questions and you just put it out there, who's going to buy from you? Then defeat comes in. Oh, man, ain't nobody want my product. They all hating. They all hating. Yeah. This is a dope product. So you're like, I, I got I to gotta cast out my net. Everybody has thought that. Yeah. Think about it. Everybody's yeah, like, everybody. if I cast out my net further, if I really blow up and I, I, everybody is following me, I'm going to sell my product. Okay, they've seen me. I, I got, I got 7,000 reels or I got, I got 7,000 views on my reel. But you never gave them an actionable thing to do. Mm-hmm. 
What they supposed to do with that? It's funny. All right, congratulations. They they laughed. That's what you told them to do. So then you get frustrated and you begin to create businesses within a business. So your original idea was to do this. Now you're trying to pivot. Ah, uh, man, I'm going. Pivoting is not bad when you know what you're doing. But if you're doing it just so that the audience can see you, a lot of people like to like for people to see their business, but they don't like to perfect what they're doing. Oh, man, look, I, I, I produced this in 17, 2017. Same thing. The, the, the packaging changed. The, you know, you're always going to find out that your audience will tell you what they like and what they don't like. You need to find out what your audience likes. Go to the picture that had the most likes. Why did they like it? Go to the, the product that has been bought the most. Create that product and maybe even find why they like that product. Or do you have reviews on your page? Have you asked people about how they liked, you know, whether it was the delivery of the package, the content in the package? If you don't make your customer happy, guess what? They won't come back. And I've also said this before in a podcast, and it's, it was spoken from experience. Strike while the iron is hot, y'all. Strike while the iron is hot. If you selling plates, if you got like, you know, potato plates that you selling and you just posting a picture of your pretty potato plates online and somebody's like, oh, I want some. And you just like, you know, bypass the comment. That's money. Like, there, there's money. I, food, I feel like, sells so easy. You know, I feel like everything else you really got to convince people of. But apparently anybody will eat something, uh, you know, that, hey, look good. I want it. I will pull up right now. I will stop what I'm doing to go pull up. Because food is just a high commodity for all of us, right? But the thing is, I want you to think about, man, I need to direct them somewhere. I need to take them somewhere. If I'm selling hot potato plates, all right? This is where they're going to buy it from. I don't care if it's a square site. I don't care anything. I prefer, I mean, I would advise you not to do Zelle and Cash App because things just get really messy with that. I know we've talked about that before, and I don't think we ever explained why you shouldn't do that. But I think it could just get really messy. Um, and sometimes, it, oftentimes, it just comes off unprofessional. Cash App should be for one of those, like, hey, we're going out to eat and I left my card at home. Can you spot me? You know, type of situations, not for business transactions. Um, but anyway, um, I believe that, you know, just nurture your, your audience. All right. If you post a picture of some food or whatever that you possibly plan on selling or that you're trying to sell, don't sit up there and post a picture of your potatoes. Somebody sit up here and say, oh, I want some. And you can sit up here complaining about how you ain't had no sales today. Don't do that. Don't have nobody all up in your DMs either because that gets messy. You might miss a DM. You might, you know, it's you're taking time away. This is if any time you're taking time away from something you got to do, you are losing money. Period. So um, I, I just want to leave you out with this, that every customer is a building block to your building. And sometimes we take for granted the customers because there's somebody we know or somebody that, you know, is like, oh, man, they just bought it, I guess, you know. But when we look at why, when we start our businesses, the first thing that we're trying to um, – Get is the approval of the people closest to us. So you'll start your launch and you're like, all right, my family going to pull up. Surely they're going to pull up. My friends going to pull up. Surely 
they're going to pull up. My Facebook folks, they're going to pull up. Surely they're going to pull up. You're guessing. Guesswork don't work in business. You have to know exactly how you're going to mend the net, how you're going to build the audience. So it starts off with what is your touch point? How do you make a unique experience for the customer? Um, how do you launch a campaign to get the audience? Mm -hmm. So a campaign could be like, all right, I noticed that these six cities are really selling, you know, good when it comes to uh, 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 urban clothing or when it comes to uh, selling milk. I don't know. Whatever you sell. I'm going to launch an ad campaign to reach out to these cities while I am building the brand, while I am even building the website, I am going to get some foot traffic. I am going to get people to see that I have a product worthy of seeing. So why do people make commercials about things that are coming soon? So you could buy it. Why does Apple tell you about the new Apple phone before it come out? So you can have your money right yeah, to buy it. So, so you will look everywhere and be like, man, like for the past month, they've really been going hard on this, on this, you know, marketing. Music. I mean, they'll play a little snippet of it. I, look, my, my former students always know when Onika Mirage has a new song coming out because it'll be a little snippet that she plays. And be like, oh, I can't wait till Friday. You know, and it's like building the anticipation as anticipation builds, you're going to spend your money. You didn't wait it too long. Right. Um, and I think what people are doing is um, having the, the pop-up spirit. What, what, what I mean by that is even us, like when we launched, it was like, we're here. But nobody knew that we had the strategy behind it as far as like how we were going to mend the net. And also learning from experience, learning from uh, different situations. Um, I think what what people have saw work for celebrities, which already they have an audience. Yeah, they already, they already have an audience. I want to repeat that again. Celebrities already have an audience. Kanye West could pop up and be like, I need 40,000 people to show up. And they showed up and watch. Well, this is a funny part of what he did this past weekend. They showed up and this man was dancing in the air <laughs> and didn't say a word. But y'all paid $150 a ticket. Yeah. He has the audience. He, he's already learned how to captivate the audience. Right, right. So you can't follow that formula of I'm going to wake up at night and it's there. Here. Here we are. Mm -hmm. No. Promote even while you are creating. Mm -hmm. Promote. Let people know you're here and you're here to stay. You're a brand that's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And lastly, uh, when you have the resources, which it means that you have the things to create the product. Mm -hmm. Show people how you do it. Mm -hmm. Show people this is my process. This is I am here to stay. I am a, if you're a designer, I am a designer. This is how I do my. Mm -hmm. Why do you think all these people who are going viral are winning? Because mm -hmm. they're showing like, hey, this is my product. I am unaf unafraid and unashamed of who I am and what I do. And here it is. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see me and you're going to keep seeing me and you're going to keep seeing me and you're going to keep seeing me. I think we also need to touch on, and I mean, we just giving away just two, we just give it away. But no, seriously, um, we're only sharing it because again, like I said in the last podcast, not that we're speaking from a graduated place. We're speaking from a learned place, from a place of like, man, like we, win. we've made these mistakes. Um, and it's not like we're just multimillionaires yet. 
um, but this is million dollar conversations. All right. So I would like to believe that a lot of the businesses and the people who are listening to us, all right, and may may have taken that gym or may have taken that jewel or may have taken that that little piece of chicken, you know, and put it somewhere else. That you know, hey, we are attributing to their network and they attributing to ours. How about that? Thank you, God. Where all blessings flow. So listen, I believe that. If I go in my email right now, I'm going to see so many promotional emails from places that I may have not even bought this month. Okay. I may have bought one time last year. I may have bought two months ago. She in Fashion Nova, pretty little thing, places like this. Matt, the Nova. All right. You know, um, look, I, I have not bought a Mac product in at least a year and a half at least when i tell you these folks these folks text my sometimes they're the only ones texting my phone the entire day when i tell you how often they text me with hey buy one get one 50 off hey we in ulta now hey we just relaunched this hey we just did a, a collaboration with tiana taylor hey we did this and this hey come in and shop hey they're they're promoting the same things over and over again because the thing is it's not that i think sometimes in our our own basic psychology we're like if i keep mentioning the same thing over and over again i'm gonna lose somebody or somebody's not gonna pay any closer attention no sometimes you're refreshing their mind and letting them know no wait 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 we do got that we do got that hold on if i keep on talking about this one thing you're gonna forget about this other thing and this other thing in my store makes money too so i'm gonna talk about that thing too do not be afraid to promote your happenings if you have services, if you have products, don't be afraid to. I promise you, you can't be Fashion Nova. I, pr- I promise you. I've never even bought anything from Fashion Nova. I think I just went on the website one time and they like wouldn't let me get any further until I put in my email address or something. All right. And then I, 30 emails later, like they're like, you going to buy something. You are going to buy some- what you want. We got something. We got something for you. All right. So I need you to treat it like that. If you're really into this business thing full time, if you're really trying to make real profit off of it, if you have services, if you have this and that, email them folks. Email them folks. It's okay. If they don't if they don't open the first email, they may open the second one. If they unfollow or unsubscribe, the 50th, you know what I'm saying? If they everybody don't open their promotional emails, but they see them. They see them. Everybody at this point in 2021, most people have the email app on their phone. Most of them. So even if they don't open these emails, they see who it's from. All right. If somebody unsubscribes, that's fine. Bounce back. Look, at one rare occasion, somebody cussed us out via email. It's fine. They was like, I can't believe you're emailing me. We was like, you know, you got some issues, but you need to go sit down somewhere. You know, you need to put that before the Lord. But we had to go ahead and move around. All right. So (laughs) the thing about it is do not be afraid to email your people. If you have a text app, don't be afraid to do that. If you're reaching out on social media, don't be afraid to do that. Just keep going. Before we continue, do you have a business plan? Mm-hmm. Not idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that, that's one thing we skim right over. Yeah. You're calling it a business, mm-hmm. but is there a plan in place? Mm-hmm. Do you know everything that you're about to do as far as how the outline? Mm-hmm. What you're going to sell, who you are, what your brand identity looks like, mm-hmm. And how people are going to come and see what you have. What is your, do you have a shop? Mm -hmm. Do you have a service? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. 
and how you're going to get to the next level, which is creating a marketing plan. Before we even get to all the stuff we talked about, do you have a business plan? If you don't, stop right there. Create a business plan. You could create a business plan off of a napkin, off of a piece of paper, and you could structure out, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is even my motto. So every time somebody sees me, I have a tagline. What is your tagline? Of what you do, especially if you're doing a service, mm-hmm. please have a tagline. Mm-hmm. If you mopping floors, I need to hear your little, your little one, two, thirty second, you know, little spiel. Because fan is the plan, right? The man. But the most important part is that when you are having a marketing plan, or you're trying to innovate and show people that you're doing things differently, be authentic. Mm-hmm. This copycat stuff, it got to go. Let me tell you why. When you're doing, um, when you are building your brand based off of what you see other people do, you're going to fail nine times out of ten because it's going to be somebody else's formula. Mm -hmm. That formula may not work for your God idea Mm -hmm. because when God drops his idea on you, he going to give you the instructions, not somebody else. Mm -hmm. So when you have a God idea and God has dropped it on you, please Create an authentic plan from a place that is just from God to you Mm -hmm. so that when it comes out, people are like, we've never seen nothing like this before or this is different from what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. So please have those things together. All right, y'all, we are going to go into our relationship conversation, relationship and marriage and all of those good things. And this portion of our podcast is sponsored by none other than, hold on, let me get our notes out. Um, Vintage Magazine. All right, so Vintage Magazine is an online publication ran by Jade LaShore. Um, this publication is focused on lifestyle, fashion, relationships, and all of the above. It's pretty much like Essence, Ebony, and all of those great things, but online. All right, so you definitely need to check out VintageMagazine.com. All right. So anyway, we have some questions that uh, Vintage Magazine has given us. All right. For their next issue, which is their legacy issue. And we're going to go ahead and address it. So, Tweety, how has business shifted with the life of a newborn? Business has gotten a lot better because I think it's made you think on terms. It's made me think on the terms of um, what's the next generation like? How do I how am I going to hand out this baton? to the next generation. So for me, business has, um, has, has evolved to where I'm not just thinking about myself. Yes, I was thinking about him, but it's different when you get to see him, mm-hmm. when you get to hold him, when you get to uh, want him to have a better life. You make a lot more sacrifices and you make a lot more better business decisions. Um, and for me, I feel like this has been the season where we've been more strategic, more, um, more aligned together. Yeah to building the plan and the vision on how we're going to scale to that M, scale to that 5M, scale to that 10M, and we're going to have episodes for each M. Absolutely. (laughs) When you see that M, uh, if you see Million Dollar Conversations, Million Dollar Conversation episode, and it's episode one, we're talking about M's. That's going to be, there. we're there. <laughs> I, I don't want to say six figures, seven figures. I don't want to say that. I want to say M. Mm-hmm. The M is here. But it's really made me think of how to get there mm-hmm. and how to daily work to get there. Yeah, because it's attainable. Yeah, it's attainable. Go work, you know, people could go out, play, play around with business, do all what you want. But I have such a clear vision on how to get there that now 
It's just a matter of putting some actionable steps to arriving there. M is on the way. All right, sweetie, the next question. Um, next question I have is, what is the one thing you learned about the other uh, in doing business that has made you love, made our love grow as a unit? All right. I would definitely say for me, um, Tweety is a finisher and that influence has definitely just rubbed off on me because I was a good starter um, and would, you know, somehow in the process get defeated and be like, forget this. All right. And I feel like and and that's why I feel like I can really um, relate to the business section of our podcast so much because I I understand the I don't want to finish this or I got far enough. That's good enough. But Tweety is a finisher. And because he's a finisher, I admire that's so 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 stinking much um that no matter what he's going to finish a thing and he doesn't let it affect where he is mentally and he doesn't let it affect him emotionally he's like okay i'm gonna get this done okay you want to talk crazy to me okay I'm going to still get this done and I'm going to move around and I'm going to get my money. He doesn't get emotionally involved into business matters and that's something I completely admire about him. All right, my question for you is, what do you pray for Hustle Blend's legacy to be? I pray for Hustle Blend's legacy to be um, a business that leaves behind um, opportunity for other families, yeah. opportunities for people both here and abroad, um, and to represent Christ in everything that we do. I pray that we're able to we're able to help any community that we're around that it's more than just delivering a bag of coffee or delivering cold brew um, to corporations and, 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 and entities. But I pray that the legacy will be that we represented Christ in everything that we did and we did it the right way. My next question for you is, um, how does it feel? Oh, what? Sorry. <laughs> Uh, here we go. What should we expect in the coming seasons from Hustle Blends? All right. So one word, innovation. You are going to expect innovation from Hustle Blends. Every year, every day, really, we are really trying to meet our customers um, at a closer pace. Um, closer place. I'm sorry. You know, starting with coffee at home for the people who make it at home, but we're going to make it a lot easier. Okay. We got cold brew. We're going to come out with more products that are beneficial to our customers. Oh, yeah. uh, and, you know, we're really just looking at what our audience is. We're looking at our demographics. We're looking at, okay, what do you need in this season? What are you actually needing from us that we can actually provide? So we started off with a whole lot of different things and then we just scaled down to, okay, we're going to focus on these things. We're going to push these things um and also just customer retention you are going to see from hustle blends a place where the hustles truly blend you're going to see something that really elevates people's business and their mindset about life you're going to see um a lifestyle brand that people have in their homes that is really going to just elevate everything about them that's what you're going to see from hustle blends and that's what you should expect so follow hustle blends and tell your cousins too too all right, so Tweety, last question. Tell me, how has marriage been a benefit to our our business? What kind of business partner am I? I mean, you're when I tell you Patrice is the creative engine of Hustle Blends, um, that I believe even in our marriage, her creativity has really brought about so many great moments. 
And I believe that working in business together made me actually love her even more because aside from the challenging moments, even the challenging moments, I put them in there in business. What I've learned is how to work together. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one thing facing challenges by yourself and be like, well, we're just going to keep thugging it out. Let's go. But it's another thing being like, I can't leave you behind, like, or you can't leave me behind. We got to do this together. Let me explain to you. It's, it's those hard conversations of like, nah, I'm going to hold you accountable to what you said. And if I could do it in business, I could also do it in personal. Like, let's hold each other accountable to our goals. Let's hold each other accountable to the things that we're wanting to accomplish. Um, so even, for example, like, I was like, you know, if you don't mind me sharing, I, I had told Patrice, I was like, nah, my dream car is this. And she had this look on her face, like, what is your dream car? And I was like, man, I want that Range Rover. Like, I, I, I really want it. And the look on her face was not like, I, like, that's just, you know, that not going to happen. She's like, nah, before 30, get it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And it was more a matter of, like, how do we get there? How do we, you know, make those actionable steps mm-hmm. so you can get what you want? I will, um, I, and I think people have asked us this before, but like throughout the day, we are literally always like, sometimes, <laughs> Jonathan, thank you. Um, sometimes we literally email. I'm telling y'all, training is so important. Please invest in the necessary training tools for your employees because bringing coffee should not take this long. Thank you, Jonathan. We'll talk to you later in the conference room. Please wait for us. Thank you. No, you can't get water. All right. Um, <laughs> But no, seriously, sometimes our communication, um, we definitely have to be very intentional about like, okay, we're always married no matter what. We're married when we're at church. We're married at home. We're married in business. You're never not my husband. But sometimes we literally... I'll have an idea and I just text them. I'll be like, man, we need to do this. This is another stream of income. Let's go ahead and get on this this week. You know, and it's it's to me, that's just as much of a marriage conversation as it is a business conversation because it's like, look... Absolutely. You know, or we need to, you know, we need to tighten up this. This is this is what's looking wrong on the website or this is um, how we need to tighten up our, our shipping and we need to tighten up this and that. And we need to go for this. Let's invest this over here, Tweety. Let's go get this. Hey, let's go buy this real quick and let's flip it. You know, those kind of conversations we have all the day long as the day is long while he is at work, while I'm watching Preston as I return to work, all of those different things, those conversations are ongoing. So, He's, it's never really a set time that we're just business partners. Unless we're on a date, we're very intentional about, like, we are not talking about business. We're not talking about business. We're not talking about business. We're not talking about business. But because we're in such a, a um, I hate to keep saying the word intentional, but that's just kind of like my word of this season, but an intentional growing space um, with the things that we're getting. We're almost 30, and, we, and we're looking at it like, yo, before we get here, we got to get some things on the. We got to get some things off the ground. We got to get some things going. We have we've worked hard for these last three years figuring out stuff, and we're still figuring out stuff. But let's figure out stuff with a with an income goal in mind that's going to support all three of us. Let's do that. So we got some mail that came in this week, y'all. We got some mail. Hold on, hold on. Our third our, our third cast member is on it. Hey, BJ, what's up, man? Yeah, he he woke up with money on his mind. And money kept- on the- <laughs> 
<laughs> AKA milk. <laughs> he woke up with milk on his mind. But uh, back to what you were saying, um, just about business and, 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 and the growth of where we're going at after the, these past three years have been so eye opening that everything is making sense now. You know, it's it's like that was the intro. People have gotten the intro. They've gotten to see the brand. You know, there's so many people like, I didn't even know that was your brand. Like, okay, cool. But now it's more of like, I trace like, let's let's get some walls on this building. You know, let, let's put some windows up in here. You know, like, like let's get the roof on. Like being able to now see the vision get so close. You're like, I. I really see not the money because sometimes you can focus so much on that that you miss out on the opportunity to grow. Like, man, I just want to hit six figures. I just want to hit seven figures. And like when you start looking at it, you're like, man, half of this stuff I already done or I'm almost there. I just got to switch it up. I got to switch it up to where it's I'm going to I'm going to. I'm going to go back to learn mode. Being okay being a student is going to help you grow so much in business. Like being okay going to school of of YouTube, one, Google, and saying, I don't know anything because I'm not where I need to be. If I'm where I need to be, that means I've learned some stuff. But when you dumb it down to where there's always opportunity for growth, there's always opportunity for somebody to teach me something. Man, your own baby will teach you something. You're like, dang, okay, I got a revelation on that. I got a revelation on that. And then me and Patrice just go back and forth. What you think about this idea? I think about this. We go to the drawing board. You got to write it down. Write that vision down. So if you, if in our house there's so many boards, I don't know what board to focus on. But I know that there's tasks. I know that there's to-do lists. I know that there's, hey, the first board is the order list. How many, how, how we fill this? And so as things are building and, and you know, I, I guess the buzz is growing of who we are. Because some people is like, oh, it's a new brand. It's like, we've been here. <laughs> you get to learn more on, yo, I, if I'm trying to be a global brand, if I'm trying to be seen globally, I have to present myself in that manner. And so tightening up on how the vision looks and how to present yourself to corporate uh, companies and things like things of that nature is important. Um, All right, y'all. So this is the relationship conversation. All right. And yes, Tweety, you know, we were talking about business and everything, but we did get some mail from a listener. We got some mail. Yeah. Tweety was, you know. Tweety was having an extended altar call. Okay, so um, <laughs> we're gonna call this. Um, we're gonna call this this listener. We're gonna call her Shayla. 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 Okay. Shayla, we're going to call her Shayla. All right. And so Shayla has written in to us and said, Hey, MDC team. Hi, Shayla. Say hi, Tweety. Hey, Shayla. I hope you're, I hope you're doing all right. All right. All right. And she says she just newly started dating. All right. She really likes the guy, but he says yes to everything that she asked him to do. Mm. Now, I'm just going to stop right there, Shayla, and say that this is something that a lot of women would be like, girl, what's wrong with that? Like, sis, what's the problem, Shayla? Stevie, what's the problem? But um, she continues and says, he says yes to everything that I ask him to do. He rarely says no. He's made himself extremely available to me. We met all of three months ago. But he has taken off of work when I needed him. He's um, been present for my family endeavors. He sat there and supported me in a lot of things. And now he's talking about marriage. 
I'm excited. This is cool. But I'm a little thrown off that he's so accessible. What should I do? Mm. Tweety, what do you think? Shayla. Okay, so you have a conundrum. You have a purse. You have a purse. Uh, I don't think they know what that is, but a, a purse is uh, a yes man. Uh, uh, I, w- I want to do anything to please you, but I may not be able to tell you the truth. Um, and what the truth is that if everything is a yes, at what point when there's a disagreement, is there going to be like a no? And then not that you can't be agreeable. Like, I feel like people can get together, be agreeable. But what I heard was yes to everything. My biggest question to you, Shayla, you're the only one who can answer this. Is it too real for it to be true? Is it is it one of those like you know how they send you like uh, little messages or a little mail in in, in your in, inbox and say hey you won fifty thousand? <laughs> is it one of those situations to where you're like I don't really think I know the person. I think they're presenting their best version, and I think in dating that's what happens is that everybody both parties are presenting the best version of themselves, and you Shayla are saying like I presented all versions. I've only seen one version. Which means that there is some other, you know, layers that you have yet to see of him. Have you seen him seen him frustrated? Have you seen him angry? Have you seen him, you know, unhappy? Have you seen him problem solve? Have you seen have you seen him problem solve instead of saying yes to everything? Yes is not always the answer. I'm sorry. Especially in marriage. Yes is not the answer you always want to lead with. So um, although he is being serious, I would just ask for you to you know, have some more in-depth conversation. Y'all got to go deeper before y'all even go to the marriage stuff. Go a little bit deeper and find out more about him because right now he's trying to please you so that you don't ask him about some things. You don't get to really know what's going on. It's, it's just one of those fairy tales. And there's no fairy tale in real life. There's some real life situations that happen that you got to, you got to, you know, I, I'm not here to be a party pooper. I'm not here to tell you, ah, man, Lee, that's, that's not what we're here for. Because he could be a really good man if right. exactly what you need. And this could literally, as we've said before in previous podcasts, a conversation can fix so many things. This could literally be a conversation away from being exactly what you both need. You never know. But coming from a man's perspective, um, Nobody, especially as, as a, like if you're if he's a he's still single. I mean, you guys are talking. That's what I'm assuming. Um, being able to be transparent is a hard thing for a lot of men to do. Being able to be emotionally available is another hard thing for men to do. So what they know is like whatever she want, I'm just gonna do it. Whatever she says, I'm just gonna do it. I really like her, but what comes out of that is like what happens when. You guys do settle down and those things change. And he's like, well, like, this is who I really am. And he's growing resentful, even though he's the one who made his own bed. But he's growing resentful about um, maybe how his feelings aren't being considered or anything like that. Not saying that you're that type of person, but sometimes when people put themselves in positions intentionally to to overgive and over accommodate and all these things um they then can kind of be like all right well you're not doing what i'm doing but i'm i'm going out of the way to do this and you the whole time you're like i never asked you to do that 
Like, I never not once put you in a position to do that. I never asked you to inconvenience yourself. I never asked you to lose money about taking off work. I never asked you to pull up at my house in the middle of the night. Um, you did those things with, from where I believed was the goodness of your heart. But now you're mad at me. You dug a hole for yourself, and now you're mad at me that you're in it. And that's what can happen with people who are um, committed to people please in all relationships. Right. So when you are people pleasing in the relationship or a person pleasing in relationship, you're not really showing your true colors. You're not being authentic. Whatever it takes to keep you. Right. So I do whatever it takes. I whatever you want, even if it's even if it's going to hurt the relationship in the long run. You know, whether it's a financial decision that you make without your partner. That that's going to hurt your partner in the long run. They need to be involved in that conversation. Not you just saying yes to please them in the short term, but in the long term, it hurts them. So what we mean by don't be a purse is that don't be carried around or, or, or carry somebody else around. Or if you're a purse or a purse, you know who you are. Um, but don't don't be carried around and not really be able to speak up and hold somebody accountable. Don't just be an accessory. Right. You're, you're hurting that person's growth. So when we say don't be a purse, all right, this is a conversation that came from a much funnier conversation. But because to protect the to protect the innocent and the guilty, we are just going to leave that alone. But whoever is listening, who was a part of that conversation, definitely knows. Um, but the thing is, a purse is an accessory that makes the entire outfit look good. All right. So if I'm carrying you around, you just make me look good. That don't mean we talk about anything in depth. That don't mean you know my blood type. That don't mean you know what makes me angry. That don't mean you even know what I'm allergic to. All it means is that we look good together. Right. We make this thing work. We look. Can't nobody question what look good? Look this good. All right. So you literally there. You literally can see when people are purses. You literally can see or mercies. What is a merce? Can you can you go into detail about that? A merce is a man purse. Oh, okay. So um, there's a lot of merces. Um, <laughs> Women are merces? No, no, no. Men. Men. No, if it's a man. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, right. Merces. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So that, there's also a merce. I guess that's the women. Um, and, and what I mean by that is that please don't get I, I, this is not to offend nobody. This is just to simply state that there's some things that need to be stated, especially in relationships that don't get stated. Um, that when you are not being honest on where you are and you allow somebody to dictate and rule and just follow blindly, you may be immersed because you're not speaking up and saying things as they happen. Mm-hmm. Going along to get along. Going along to get along. You're flowing in the ocean and you don't know whether it's going down or it's really going down. <laughs> So I say all this to, uh, to to let you know that speak up. You see, so you see your partner struggling in the area. Don't just let them struggle in that area. Speak up, yeah. yo. Like yeah, you know, it, it, you know. I I need you. Let's go, let's go walking together. Mm-hmm. If if it's in a weight area, you know. If if it's in money areas, like I right, we we don't need to go out today. You don't need to give me everything. Like, you know, it, it could be on that area, but you have to be able to speak up to hold each other accountable. If one fall, we, we all fall. It's not just your account, it's our account. So I think that um, Shayla, wherever you are, maybe you're in Connecticut, maybe you're in Massachusetts, maybe you're in New York. I don't know where you are. But what I want to let you know is that 
follow your instincts, listen to your instincts, and then be able to take that back to God about that issue. Pray about it and also communicate to this this gentleman and let them know, hey, what are, what are some what are some of your flaws? You know, what are some of your shortcomings? And if he's honest, he's going to tell you that. If he's not, he's just going to be like, I'm perfect. Nobody. Nobody. Well, I don't think he's going to just straight up say he's perfect, but he might just try to. There's some different creatures out here, Patrice. There's some different creatures out here. Yeah. (laughs) The the single life is different, you know. And if you're single, you probably know what I'm talking about. To where is that this person may not say that they're perfect, but this person's going to do their best to cover up. You know, I'm a cover up and you're going to uncover some things later on, you know, and maybe you're deep in the marriage by then. Maybe you kids in and that person's like, this is who I am. And you're like, whoa, it's too late to walk away. away. So I I think don't settle, um, especially while you're single, like settling is what people do and end up becoming mercies and purses and then unhappy in the marriage. And then, then, then. They misrepresent the idea of marriage because they're not committed to what God has put them together. Union, they're committed to the commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, we said we'd be together. So, like, you do you, I do me. Let's let's make an agreement. Yeah. And it works for a season, but are you truly happy? Right. All right, y'all. Let's go ahead and close out the podcast with adding of tax. It's time to pay your bills. All right, y'all. So this is the part of the podcast where we just spill a little free game, a little knowledge, a little wisdom, a little something that we just came up on this week um, and that we just want to share with you guys. All right. So I'm going to go first and mine is going to be very, very simple. Just keep going. That's it. There's nothing, you know, additional I have to add to that. But just keep going. A lot of times, you know, we let our thoughts, we let um opinions i actually would like to believe that more of our thoughts than other people's opinions have stopped us from doing and completing things but literally just keep going i don't care what you hear out there i don't care who says what i want you to just keep on going to that next thing because i'm trying to tell you Tweety and i was talking the other day and it was like man just a few years ago we was just like we just got married it felt like yesterday that was four years ago it was almost five years ago all right and because, you know, we decided to do different things and everything. We've seen a lot of growth in a lot of different areas from where we were. I look at our married, our, our married day, married day, wedding day pictures all the time. And I'm like, yo, who are they? You know, but I say all that to say time goes by extremely fast. Time goes by. We are going to blink and be 30, Tweety and I. We're 27 right now. Tweety turns 28 this this year. Um, We're going to blink. And if you're already 30, you're going to blink and be 40. And you're going to blink and be 50. And you're going to blink and your kids going to be grown. And then you're going to have grandkids and all these things. And life is but a vapor. It truly is. So whatever you have your heart set on, whatever God has instructed you and assigned you to do, you need to stay focused on that thing. That, that like that's that's what I'm saying because I'm pretty much telling you you do not have the time to waste you do not have the control over the time to say what you would and won't do because you need to do it he's gonna get his glory from your life so that's what I got uh, you got the, you're gonna be good cop today because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay I'm I'm be bad cop and I'm I'm gonna end with the bang I'm gonna end with the truth okay <laughs> how do I say this. You're not where you need to be because you're lazy. 
and I, and this is coming from a from a very honest place. If you're not where you want to be, have you considered that it's because I'm lazy? And laziness can be from so many different areas. You could be very structured and very committed in certain areas, but then in other areas be lazy. What I mean by laziness is that you didn't put enough effort, but you want the reward. You didn't put the work in. You didn't, you, you trying to run a triathlon, but you ain't did a mile. Mm-hmm. Triathlon. triathlon. Thank you. You're trying to run, you know, you're trying to run a mile, but you ain't even got out the house. Don't have these unexpected expectations. There is no overnight success or whatever people try to put out there. Most important thing for you to do for yourself is hold yourself accountable to the truth. I am not where I need to be because I did X, Y, and Z. I am going to get to where I need to be because I have put X, Y, and Z into plan. And if you're not able to say that honestly and truthfully to each other or to uh, your business partner or to even yourself, you're lying. And when you lie, you will continue to lie. And then it becomes deception. And then it becomes delusion. And we're just going to talk about the same thing over and over and over again. So stop being lazy. Get your bed walk start walking that thing out and i promise you whether you think it's offensive or it's hey somebody has given me the truth along the line when you look back at it you'll tell yourself the truth too and say i didn't get where i need to be because i was doing x y and z live life absolutely But don't forget what God has assigned you to do. It's bigger than you. If it's bigger than you, it's going to require more out of you. That's it. Mic drop. Check your purse. We love y'all. See you next week. Bye.